Blue Moon and Michelob Ultra and Soul. When I'm in Miami, it's always a Cuban sandwich. Artists would, would be outcast and albums, probably every last album they've put out, um, I've never been disappointed. Beats and Eats, this is the podcast. I am Old Head Ed, your host, as always. Thank you for tuning in yet another week. Um, all my guests are uh, special guests. This time around, it's no different. Um, but it is a momentous occasion, and I'll get into as to why in a minute. But let me run down some of the credentials of, of the gentleman I'm going to speak to this evening. Um, if y'all don't know, we're doing it outdoor. We took we took the recording session outside, so there might be some breeze. Yeah. But, but we, we're feeling it. Yeah. It seems like it's right, so <laughs> let me just go on in uh, and start rambling the list of credentials ahead of me. Uh, he's a poet, an MC, yeah. whether it's spoken word, slam poetry, an author. Uh, 20, 2010 was a big year for him uh, between uh, winning the Southern Fried Poetry Slam um, being part of the NASCAR induction ceremony of the Hall of Fame, and um, and this is the big one, winning two Emmy awards. My peoples, I mean, this is the podcast where great people come to speak, and we are not lying. Two Emmy awards, but we'll get back to that. Um, involved with HBO's Deaf Poetry, um, he's he's blessed the stage with the likes of Nikki Giovanni, Gil Scott Heron, and, and my favorite, uh, Outcast. Mm. Um, without a further ado, I am speaking of none other than Boris Rogers, aka Blues. Hey, sir, how we doing? I'm good, man. What's happening, bro? Uh, this is this is something else, man. Because not only, um, I mean, besides the fact that I ran down that list of accomplishments, um, I think, and I, my time might be off, but when we met was for one of Pav Dog's um, storytellers event. Right. It had to be a little more than a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, remember, Pab Dog was like, "Yo, my man does a podcast, and he's and we chopped it up a bit." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We kind of hit each other with the musical artists that we were listening to at the at the time. Right. And you said, "Yo, I'm down to do this." Right. Now I can't recall if I was already recording at that point, or if it was just after that. But regardless. It's been a while since we've, right. we've tried to make this happen. So yeah. I appreciate you taking the time and doing this. Listen, man, it's, it's an honor for me to be on this joint. Because so when we met, it was after the show and you had the Instagram. So you were doing all the Instagram posts. You hadn't done the podcast yet, yes. but you were, you were talking about it. And I said, when you do, let me know. And then you let me know. It's like, yo, it's on. And I'm like, listen, whenever we get close, let's get it done. And then it just so happens I'm coming down here for this. And Pat was like, yo, he was telling me about the, you know, the podcast. I was like, man, we already know. We already know. We're about to get it popping. Yeah. So, yo, man, it, the honor is all mine to be down here. Uh, because of the way this thing's set up, you had the three things I love, man. You have brew, music, and food. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. So for those of y'all tuning in for the first time, welcome. For those of y'all have been here before, you know the deal. Um, I have an esteemed guest sit down with me. We talk about their story, how they came to be, where they're at. Um, that's typically the first segment. The second segment, we have beers, we have brews. Mm. I'll whip out four beers for the guests to sample. They give me their honest opinion on it. We got no sponsorships, so you can let it fly. Shade could be thrown, or you could just be really yeah. impressed with the beers. <laughs> Third segment, we talk music. You know what the what the uh, artist is listening to, what the guest is listening to, what type of artist, what kind of music, so on and so forth. Um, I'll typically play a song. We'll get back and critique the song, and then we wrap it all up nice and tight like a Christmas gift when we discuss food. Mm. What the mm -hmm. guest likes to eat, what he likes to partake in, what's the food that gets him going. So without a further ado, this is getting to know Blues. Blues, um, 
poetry, how did that, was it MC first, then poetry, or poetry? That's always interesting to me. Yeah, you know, it's, for me, sometimes that line gets blurred. Okay. So in high school, I, we used to, <laughs> we used to write these raps down on pieces of paper and then pass them to each other in class. That was our rap battle. We were some nerds. <laughs> uh, and that's what we did. But then I got into to poetry. I got into poetry after I got my heart broken. So mm. it was... It was a really bad situation, mm. bro. Like I cried, yeah. I cried, cried. Like it was bad. Yeah. And so, but that that really led me into some different avenues with poetry. And then I I linked up with a band, um, and I was doing poetry. But then I started rapping a little bit. So I was kind of the hip hop dude in the band because there okay. was a poet. Um, so it brought me back into my my rap roots, and I just bounced back and forth between the two. So. I could say I started off rapping and hip hop is what, you know, what I grew up on and what I fed off on, but the poetry was the craft, the bread and butter, the thing that I really had a lot of passion for. Rap was easy. Okay. You you know, it's a beat. You just jump on a beat and you say whatever. Well, yeah. you know, now it's not you say whatever, but <laughs> back then you used to try to say something that meant something. Yes. Or at least put something that, you know, an idea together. But, yeah. you know, for, the, for me, it was always the back and forth and that blurred line. So I do more poetry than I do anything. But I'm not afraid to drop bars if, if a beat is nice, you know what I'm saying? I jump yeah. on that. Yeah, so. if, if the beat calls for it. Man, and there's listen. some beats that call for uh, it. <laughs> listen, you be like, yo, I'm too old to be rapping, but I can't. You can't get it out your brain. You be it's like, yo, true. I'm just to drop bars and just do it. So, yeah, you're right, man. You're right about that. Dope, dope. Um, so at what moment, so you were rocking with the band for a minute. Um, at what moment did you decide that, I think I'm going to pursue this poetry thing a little more. Well, the band thing, you know, as with all bands, especially bands more than eight people, mm. shit falls apart. Yeah. Um, but I was with a homie inside the band, went by rhythm, and then we went by rhythm and blues for a while. And we made some really great, some really great records, man. Nothing that ever, like, blew up. We were ahead of our time. Uh, we were, like, we were, we were on the cusp and in line with, like Tribe Called Quest, and we had opened up for the Roots a couple times, but okay. if we had the social media that we had, that they have now, we probably would have been a bigger thing. I wouldn't say yeah. we'd be like huge, but yeah. we definitely would have made a lot of noise, because we were making some noise back then, and that was just, you know, that's when you pass it easy. Yeah, within the tight circle, there's a right, yeah. Right, so that popped off, and then I got into Slam, and I ended up being Slam Master of slam charlotte and you know that the way that came down was the dude who founded it and was like yo i don't want to do this no more <laughs> and he's like i think you should take it over and at that point i didn't want to be i didn't want no leadership roles or nothing like i just wanted to spit poems you want to participate and i just sit, to be in the mix. sit my ass down like yeah. that's all i want to do but i he knew and i knew that that needed to be done or slam charlotte probably wouldn't have gone on as long as it has so while I was reluctant, I jumped in it and and thank God I flourished. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just jumped up there and just started talking. I just remember what I learned and I just kept going. And since then, it's been great. Um, so we moved from, you know, doing the poetry at, at college and then getting into slam stuff and then winning two national championships. But in the midst of all that, I'm still rocking and doing my other stuff. And just so happens that this guy who worked for NASCAR, this black dude, and it was funny the way he called me, he was like, yo, he didn't even say yo, he was like, he was a real proper black dude. Shout out to Kevin Jackson. Like, hey, I work with NASCAR, and I've seen that you do poetry, and you like NASCAR, I would really love to do something with you. I really do work for NASCAR. That's what he said. He said, I really do work for NASCAR. Because at the time, there were a lot of, and this is at that moment when anybody, it was like, identity theft was on a grand yeah. level. Yeah. So anybody, Scams was like full blown. Right. Like, so a lot of people were saying they were with NASCAR, but not really. Mm. Maybe adjacently. Da 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 da. But he was like, Nah, I actually have a desk in an office. And so who would have thought? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we went to. Uh, he was like, I was like, Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking it's just we gonna get together. I'm gonna write a little something. They gonna do a little something. Yeah. It'll just be a little something. Nah, I got another call back from this lady at the office, and I didn't know she, where she, who she was from at the time. Mm. She's like, hi, uh, my name is such and such. I need your, and she just went right into it. She's like, I need your uh, date of birth, address, your government name. I'm like, yo, 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 first of all, <laughs> who are you? You know what I'm saying? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're with NASCAR. We're getting ready to, you know, we're booking, we're booking flights for the shoot. 
I was like, booking flights. I was like, oh, we're we're shooting, shooting. <laughs> so, so we ended up uh, going to Indianapolis to the Indianapolis International Motor Speedway wow. and doing the first shoot there. And it was an all day shoot. It was for real, for real. There was a camera crew, and it was it was a whole shebang. Um, I, we got to drive around the track a couple nice. times. I got to see the bricks. It was great, bro. It was great. And at the end of it, I got a nice check. Like I got okay. a nice check, okay. and I got some credits to it. And the, the the coolest thing about it was, oh yeah, the network loved it. We're gonna do the rest of the season. <laughs> so we wow. just did the rest of the season wow. like that in different spots. Um, uh, we shoot. We get notes and stuff on Sunday, Monday, mm. and we'd shoot by Tuesday to have it airing by like Wednesday or something wow. like that. So it's it was quick turnaround, Turn yeah. But it was fun. It was challenging, especially for a writer, because I was just having to turn out joints. I was writing and turning yeah. them out, and then I have to kind of memorize them because I'd also perform them too. So okay. it was it was a lot. But that was like the turning point where I knew that spoken word didn't have to live. In a coffee house okay. or in a slam stage, yeah. it could exist wherever you decide to put it, and it made helped it make sense. So, boom, that's where we were. I was like, all right. So we did one season of that. We did another season. And I think another like yeah, another half season or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That that was actually a plane. Yeah, because we so fly over here. So you know what I'm like... saying? This is how fly we are. The plane <laughs> is not a commercial plane. It's like the G5 joints. Yeah. That's all that's been flying over here. Private joints. Yeah. That's that's because we get in special locales. You know I'm what I'm saying? You. <laughs> so so how did you get into NASCAR? Like how did that become? Uh, I I just enjoyed the sport. Oh like, really? Okay. Yeah. I was going to NASCAR before I was even thinking about doing it in poetry. I was going to races with the regular folks. Wow. And when I say regular folks, I'm talking about in the South, NASCAR, regular folks. And you put all that together, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and it, it's 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 not as bad as people would have thought it was. Okay. I went in there with the full intention of this is about to be some racist shit. Yeah. I'm about to be on my whole, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, it wasn't. It wasn't like that at all. People were just really out there to see cars go around, drink beer, eat food, and just be themselves. And granted, there was probably some serious Confederate flag flying, flag, mm. flag, flag flying, yeah. whatever, whatever. They, and I saw some, you know, but they were never like, the racism wasn't like. Blatant. Yeah, blatant at me, like, oh, here's a black dude, let's get him. It wasn't yeah. that. They yeah, were yeah. like, seriously, we're just out here to watch a race. Yeah. And that was it. So I had to. I had to ease off. I didn't let it off completely, but I had to ease off all my my my, uh, my defensiveness and yeah. all that other stuff, okay. and really enjoy myself. And when I did that, I was like, "Oh, this is this is nothing but a race to me right now." So, and I imagine when I mean they get they'll get the vibe. People around you get the vibe when you're enjoying yourself, and then it kind of becomes um, by osmosis. I imagine they go, "Oh, well, he could enjoy enjoy himself here. I'm enjoying myself here." Right. It's like there's not much of a difference here at all. Like at, at some point, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a time for everything, mm. and I guess that just wasn't the time. And nobody had time for all that. Yeah, little, cars are little, cars are going little, fast, round around. It's right, like, <laughs> right, right. I don't think anybody had that much hate in their heart at the time. Yeah, to be looking at this black dude looking at a race. So yeah, all, everybody was cool. Okay. And then when I when I started really when I got into it and things started popping off um funny funny thing was when red bull was in it red bull had a whole setup red bull's always different at what they do like i don't give a damn what it is that they're into yeah when they enter a sport they do it so different so red bull had a whole on the other side of the of the charlotte motor speedway a whole like tent okay set it was it was more than a tent i call it a tent because i don't know what else to call it (laughs) but it was just like this big (laughs) building and that's where they did all their parties if you were a red bull guest you came and watched the race from that thing okay think of every like james bond movie and there's like the special like when you when james bond well, he, goes to the party and the, yeah, the villains yeah. are partying in a special place yeah that's what that should look like <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were in there and they had a rain delay so during the rain delay what they do is they'll cut from the live the live race and just you know they'll show whatever okay during the rain delay so they happen to show one of the joints that I was in and no. I so all you know and it's Red Bull has a lot of TVs in there so they're playing it and my face is popped up and it's I'm doing the pole all over the- right and I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm drinking a Red Bull like oh this is about to get awkward and everybody's like looking like 
oh, he's in here. Like, like they're doing the pointy thing. So I was like, ah, oh, that's that's kind of a cool moment. But it yeah. was fun. But the the one of the coolest moments was when I'm I was walking just in the regular in the crowd at at a at a, at a race, and this dude walks up, white dude, like mm-hmm. whitest dude you can think of, yeah. trunk off his ass. Boom. You're the rapper, dude, from the from the things he did, because he didn't, you know, he yeah. doesn't know his poetry. He's just exactly. whatever it is, it looks like rap to him. Yeah. Oh man, I tell you what, for a black guy doing race car stuff, that is amazing, man. That is amazing. He was like fanning out, and I'm like, all right, man, I appreciate that. I really want you to calm down, because I felt like he was drawing a lot of attention, and I just wanted to kind of peruse where I was going. But he was like, yo, he was just, he was just happy to see his sport celebrated in a different way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's what I took from it. So I was like, I appreciate that. Because he was drunk enough to say all the foul stuff he could have yes. that probably could have, yeah. you know, fell yes. out of his mouth. But that's True. not what he said. Nah. He was really careful with his words and he was like, You're the you're the the black the black guy, the rapper dude, he was trying to he figure it all out. He was, yeah, he was like, but he was like, man, I really love that stuff, man. Man, keep doing what you do. I'm like, man, I appreciate that, brother. If I, that if I didn't tight. do nothing else for anybody in this world, I did something for you. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's an accomplishment in its right. own. Right, so man, I, out of all that I say, that's how this, this thing fell into the NASCAR slide. And there's so many great stories behind that, but... Yeah, man, it's it was it was fun. It was a fun little run, man. I enjoyed that. Okay. Enjoyed that. Where did the uh, Emmy Awards come in? Emmy Awards came in through uh, through NASCAR, okay. working with NASCAR so and uh, Raycom Sports. Okay. Uh, we did a joint called uh, Making of a Masterpiece. So Raycom, I think they still do, but at some point was handling all the pre-opens, the opening uh, little sequence for the Duke Carolina games. Okay. And so they big rivalry yeah yeah so they'd have me come in and you know write something and then you know they'd shoot around that and build a story around what I wrote so it was super cool man like to to be a part of that rivalry in that manner in the creative side of it was so dope because they really took time and took care to find footage and b-roll and put together one of them was a whole video shoot about two kids being raised up in different kinds of blue that we uh, wrote it was so dope kind of like a more serious version of the dr pepper commercials yeah it was very serious yeah, yeah it's very serious but the line the, the the battle lines are drawn yeah. and it's just it shows the two opposing so, ends okay man working with them was was amazing so yeah we want to want an emmy award with, with with them as well so yeah man just between those two places i never thought that this poetry would go like that was amazing like yeah. I, you could have told me that at age like 20 21 i'd be like man stop stop yeah lying. like there's no way that's part of my voyage like at all <laughs> at all there's no way that's happening amazing amazing and then that, that it doesn't end there i know you've done work with the carolina panthers mm-hmm. charlotte hornets yeah i mean i don't i probably felt the mention at the beginning this is north carolina's own blues um <laughs> if you didn't get it already but um and and it's uh yeah i mean i, I imagine all is uh, growing up in north carolina that's all like fantasy type stuff like yo, i'm right. involved yeah well i could see and then for me i moved i moved to charlotte in 94 oh okay so i was an air force kid and we moved around a lot actually did the bulk of my element well a little bit of elementary most of my middle school and high most of my all of my middle school and high school was in south carolina then i moved in 94 um but yeah like you always knew though like Mm. for for south carolina which is where i you know graduated high school it was it was clemson in carolina like okay the usc the game yeah so that was the rivalry and you knew about duke and carolina but it wasn't as big there Um, Because, you know, Clemson, it was everything down there. It was was USC. But when I got to Charlotte, I realized, oh, this Duke Carolina game is serious business. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so doing all those things, man, landed me in some tight, some really cool positions. Like, even got to go to a Duke game. Duke, when Duke played Gardner-Webb. And if anybody has ever been to a Duke game, then you know that Cameron Indoor looks way bigger on television than it is in real life. Okay. Man, I went in there. I was like, "This, this is like a high school gym in here, man." <laughs> it's it's nice now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, there's you know some nice nice decor, but it's small. Everybody's in tight. 
at the opposing team, home team. And then and those students stand up the whole Wow. Like I thought it was just when they were on TV. Dude. Really? From, from start to finish. It's not like yeah. Oklahoma where they're standing up until they score the first bucket and then they right. sit down. Right, now, and... first bucket is scored, they're still on their feet. Wow. And the energy is always crazy. I don't care if they're playing Chapel Hill uh-huh. or if they were playing Gardner-Webb. Those, those Cameron crazies, <laughs> yo, are committed whole game. Serious. Whole game. They could be playing the Boston, the, the Globetrotters, and they're like, yo, Yes. We're, we're this way though. We're about this way. This all of it. All of it, bro. All of it. That is dope. Awesome that is dope. Students, um, I'm gonna switch switch gears a little bit here and okay. get into more of the poetry. So um uh, a lot of your poetry that I've come to get to know is um fatherhood inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is a great thing. Um there's a lot of lessons that one could take from either if you haven't heard them before. Uh, some of these lessons or you could assimilate to lessons that you've taught your mm. kids or we've taught our kids and uh, it's it's a good feeling to hear that coming from someone um, in that sense um, what I like what I like the most is is the, the stories about your daughters <laughs> <laughs> like that is so cool uh. that is so cool like the chemistry and like you said a dad is like a dad knows how to handle a boy you know it's right. like that's similar because you can kind of do what you did when you grew up right. or how your parents treated you and it's a little different with, with girls but right. you seem like you have a good handle on that man it's I don't even know how to explain it like those little girls got me wrapped around their finger too like at the same time rightfully like, so rightfully I, I so. try to be like the disciplinarian but at the same time if they want something I'm gonna be like alright I'm gonna go get it <laughs> But it's it's an amazing journey because you're right, like you know what it is to be a boy and be raised as a boy. And for me, um, well I met my stepson when he was eight. So I had I had a little bit of balance in there. And but the girls show up and your whole whole perspective changes, man. Like yeah. you think about the worst thing is you think about all the, the foul shit you did when you was a boy mm, and a girl. Yeah. Yeah, Damn, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> at what point does that come back around? Right, <laughs> and you be like, and then you, but you also feel very guilty because you're like, what right do I have to say about anything of it? Because I was doing it too. Yeah, like I can't, and I have to. I had to really learn how to not put the whole "don't let no boy come around" kind of thing to the side because it's yeah. just real. It's real tight sort of toxic masculinity although your daughters get it they get it yes. it's a perspective of yeah. he wants to protect me and look out for my best interest yeah. but at the same time that's a that's a that's a that's a girl who's gonna become a grown woman and want to make her own decisions true. about who she wants to date like if <laughs> if my wife's father decided that it, you know i'm gonna judge you off all the shit you did when you was a boy you know mm. there's no way we'd be there yeah, you know that, what i'm saying that be a bunch of lonely people right we a bunch of lonely <laughs> dudes out here so at some time you got as a father you just got to instill in them like yo love yourself respect yourself all those things first like whatever choice you make understand that i'm gonna back you if i don't like it i'm gonna tell you i don't like it but it's still your choice to do you know yes. what i'm saying so um i had to learn those kind of things especially with my baby girl being in college mm. Now she's really kind of out there independent yeah. on her own and flying under her own her own power. So I'm just like, all right, I'm here for whatever you need to talk about. Yes. You know what I'm saying? No judgment at all. And she was like, all right, that's cool. And the best part of it is that now it's, well, the, the, the kind of the place where you could always fall back to uh, whenever you're feeling like unsure of the mm. situation she's in is that. This is the point. This is the point in time where they get to apply all that they learn from right. mom and dad. Like, right. they, like that's all you can hope is like uh, just everything we taught them. Right. They make it happen. Right. Exactly. You get. You got to give them all the tools. You give them all the tools that you could possibly give them, then they should be alright. You know what I'm saying? They should right. be alright. And then you also got to remember, like I had to remember. You know, I know what it was to be 15, 16, 17. You just mm. do dumb shit. Yeah. No yeah. matter what kind of tools you got. It's inescapable. It's going to happen. You just going to do dumb shit. <laughs> you going to do it because you believe in it. And, you know, then you don't, you learn it in real time. And luckily, a lot of the mistakes we all made, we, there were mistakes that we could live with and survive and come back from. And I just hope she has those same kind of mistakes that it's not detrimental. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And, and life ending because... It's real out here for these young kids, man. I hear you. It's I hear real. you. I think mom and pops did a good job 
Yeah. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so family, um, we got we took a moment to get to know Blues. Um, he gave us a, a quick tour of uh, where he's been, where he's at now, and um, now that we got the official business out of the way, um, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let him hit you with all the uh, social media contacts where you can find him, where you can you know encounter his poetry, and then we're gonna drink some beers. So go Bust ahead. Bust them beers out. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, you can find me Instagram blues 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 b l u z b l u z b l u z um, and Twitter m r b l u z Mr. Blues, and then. Um, I think that's it. My daughter tried to get me into Snapchat, but I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, a lot of people are having a hard time with the, like, okay, what in what context do I make this work? Like, how right. do I do this? Besides the fact that things don't stick around there, like you take a picture, 24 hours later it's gone. So. And I'm like, yo, most of my friends won't even look at it in in 12 <laughs> hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Does I'm just stick around. Right. I don't know. Oh, I don't and then know. yeah, so it's there and it's gone. I'm like, all right, well that's that's. Seems fun, I guess. But yeah, those are all my handles, man. Okay, dope. Well, you guys know where you can check them out. You're checking them out here on Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Yay. We're going to see you guys on the other side. Too much to drink. We shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yang Ling. Bruce Beats and Eats. We're, uh, we're now on the, the bruise portion, at the bruise portion, and this is where I get to know, I get to know Bruce's tastes when it comes to beer. So what I have in front of him is I have four different beers. Yeah. Four different samples. What's happening? He's, he's going to get to know these beers, ah. and then he's going to give me his impression on them. So right. <clears throat> the first one we're going to go with it's is like... the uh, Sunshine City IPA. It's from Green Bench Brewing Company. Uh, it's an American IPA. Clocks in at a 6.8 ABV. Brewed here in Florida. And it's uh, it's rotating, so whenever you're ready to give that a go, right. be my guest. Wow, See? Uh, get, that, get that ASMR there with that. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's definitely an IPA. It's got that, that, that bitter bite at the top. Yeah, yeah. Which is which it is funny. Great though. Does like, it? It's a okay. Great smell. Which I recently learned that it's like, you know, uh, a couple of guests back, <clears throat> discussing uh, the flavors and the and where the, the the notes hit you. Right. And then you realize, you know, it brought me back to elementary school where they're telling you, yeah, your taste buds are laid out. Like right. the tip is sour, I think. The sugars and the sweet is in the back, and then yeah. the side is. Apparently, the, this. Beers have you know the same effect on the tongue where you'll feel it on different sides. I definitely do. Like the happiness is jumping. So okay. Um. See, and I'm not the biggest IPA guy, so okay. I like this one though because the 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 happiness is it's not too hoppy, but there's a there's the bitter bite is in there, but it's not unbearable. I've had some ones that were just like. Yeah. I don't even know why you put this in a can, <laughs> yeah. bro. This isn't bad. Like this, this would go great with like a burger or steak. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could definitely get down with that, or just like some chips, like yeah, something, 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 something a little salty. Introduce something into the, the right. palate at the same time. Right. Dope. 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 All um, right. With that, before we get into the next one, um, I usually do this thing called uh, I'm trying to get this this uh, hashtag started. It ain't going nowhere, but. <laughs> It's hashtag EBM, which is your early beer memories. Early uh-huh. beer memories. <laughs> it's gonna take off one day, like them planes yeah, that flew yeah, overhead. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But so, yeah. earliest beer memory. First time maybe you, you sampled Ooh. the beer. First time you enjoyed a beer. Because it's two different things. You can sample the, the first beer time, one time I had a beer. Okay. You know, with like my, most anybody, I hated it. Like beer is gross. Yeah. Yo, I ain't yes. gonna front. Like yo, beer is gross. But. <laughs> It's an acquired, and it's also when I learned acquired taste. Yes. That's yes. the same time I learned, I was like, yo, I'll never drink beer. I, and I turned into, like, the dude who was always drinking, like, <laughs> it's going to sound crazy, like, Cisco and oh. Mad Dog 4040, <laughs> which is way worse, like, <laughs> which is way worse. Um, so, it took me a while, but um, 
I think my first beer memory had to be high school. Okay. And I want to say it was a Budweiser. Like, it was like just a regular old beer. Yeah. I cannot, I think I was at a party. Okay, that's typically uh, where that happens, yeah. and, and that's the type of beer that falls into the right. category of Some this is what we got our hands on. Right, yeah. and I didn't like it, but the first beer that I remember really like enjoying and loving, Michelob. Like, okay, yeah, bro, I love Michelob. Like, yeah. that Michelob Ultra is great too, but yeah, Michelob was like the first beer that I really enjoyed drinking. Okay, um, that was that was also high school, but that's like senior year of high school. Yeah, and I wasn't like getting hammered but whenever the homie would buy a beer like what do you want these these oh <laughs> so Michelob was a beer I enjoyed but like beer memories when and these cats were drinking St. Ives Ooh, yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers St. Yeah, Ives but it's, it's popped up on the podcast a yeah, couple times yeah bro those cats were just killing him and St. Ives wasn't bad it was a malt liquor though yeah. so I was like I don't know about it was like you wanted to get drunk. That's what you were yes, drinking. Yes. So cats were, you know, OE was the thing. But when St. Ives came out, uh, you know, cats uh, was killing it. And and it, and it really helped the fact that it was hip hop had endorsed oh, it. Oh man, hip hop put I, a stamp all they, over that joint. <laughs> Snoop St. Ives commercial was the best commercial I'd ever seen. I was like, yo, this was terrible, irresponsible marketing for St. Ives. Because it wasn't a bunch of kids. It wasn't was like adults were enjoying hip-hop like that. It was just kids who were enjoying hip-hop. Yeah. And then you throw St. Ives out there. I was like, oh, boy. Definitely the target audience was oh, a, of a younger for demographic. Sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, Michelob, Budweiser was the, like, I think the first thing I had that I was awful. I didn't like it. Michelob was what made me enjoy beer. And St. Ives was fun to drink. Like, that yeah. was fun to drink. Okay. So. Okay. Well, let's see if this next one is fun to drink. All right. Go ahead and crack that one. I'll hit yes. people. I hit people with the stats as you do that. All right. This is um, J Dub's Brewing Company. This is their Poolside Kolsch. It's their. It's a German Kolsch. Kolsch. It clocks in at a 4.5 ABV. So we went down a little bit from the last one. The last one was 6.8, I believe. Right. 6.9. Um, also brewed in Florida. This one's found year round. I've never had a Kolsch. This is no? great. Okay. No, no bitterness at all. Okay. Typically a lighter. Hella light, light super mm. smooth. Oh, I could drink this all day. Hey. I could drink this all day. Like I enjoy like a lighter beer that's not so beery. I guess. Okay. But this is great. Like whether it's doing chores, whether it's just posted up at the house. Right. Like all the all the flavors are hitting right. Like sort of in the middle, in front of my tongue there. Okay. So. Yeah, it's definitely like, well, just pull this joint out and we'll enjoy a day. I, not, this is not hard drinking. <laughs> this doesn't feel like hard drinking. It feels and not just like, because it goes down easy. Right, like the, the first joint we had felt like, yo, we about to, we about to get hammered up in here. Yeah. This joint feels like, yo, put on some, put on some Yacht Rock. Okay. Let's okay. move out real quick. Okay. Yeah, that's dope. I'm glad you enjoyed that one. That, I mean, it's, it's a good that it's a change of pace from... Uh, the, the the prior beer, the beer prior to this one. Yeah. Um, so that's always side is this is definitely and we it's buy fitting. the pool. It's hella fitting. It's fitting because we are recording poolside. Right. We do things like this. We try new things here at Bruce Beast and he's just like yeah. our guests try new beers. Exactly. It all comes full circle. This is great, bro. I like that one. Okay. Poolside. Let me put this one to the side. Yeah, to the side. And okay. finish that boy later. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's move on to our third one since you're doing so well. This one is from Stone Brewing. It's their Scorpion Bowl IPA. All right. <clears throat> Another IPA, American IPA. This one, we jump right back up into that range of a, just a little bit above midway with a 7.5 ABV. Um, and uh, it's brewed in California, San Diego to be exact. Mm. I was told recently it's out of San Diego. Uh, a, apparently a great brewery if you're ever over there. I got to get over there. I was just in San Diego. Okay. Like, like about... Well, for the individual World Poetry Slam, so two okay. weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe, yeah. Not it was long cool. ago. Yeah, not long ago at all. This is not bad. Okay. For the IPA, does it still give you that same Yeah, we're back taste? at that, yeah, we're still back at that that bitter bite hoppy taste, but it's not as not as much as the first one. Yeah. So, it's a little bit smoother. Um, Which is a little deceiving because if it comes in at a seven point something, 
Right. It's like you figure it'd have a, a little bit more bite to yeah. it, but it doesn't. I, that's probably why it's gonna sneak up on your ass, yeah. like yeah, like sake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, you drink me hard if you want to. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be laying down in the middle this, of the floor. This is these are. I am not the one you want to keep chain drinking. Like, ah, crack another one. Crack right. another one. But nah, it's a it's a smoother taste than the first IPA that we had. But okay. I like this. This okay. is this is kind of dope. Okay. Um, I feel like there's a. Sort of a sweet, somewhere in there. Finish, yeah. Okay. It's not. It's like it starts with the bitter, and then it smooths it on out, and then it's kind of a sweet at the end. So. Okay. I like that. Like, all right, all right, Storm Scorpion, Scorpion Bowl IPA from Storm IPA. Brewing. Yes, sir. And I'm just letting everybody know I'm not an IPA fan, so I'm I'm talking highly of this shit. It's got to be good. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be good. Serious, serious. Right. Um, so uh, I know you're a big Michelob fan, Michelob Ultra. Is there anything else now that, you, like, uh, you're drinking nowadays that you thought you wouldn't drink before? Um, not well, not really. No, it's the nah, same. It's, it's you know I'm an old dog. No new tricks for me. Really. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I now I have been trying some of this craft stuff. Okay. I had a vanilla porter. Yes. The other day, it was pretty good. I had this beer called a Bonita Apple Bum. It tastes like an apple pie. The Funky Buddha, it's a brown ale. Yeah. I had a Funky Buddha. Oh yep. my yep. God, it was great. Yep. So I'm trying different stuff. Um, still nice. kind of avoiding the IPAs a little bit, but. Um, with good reason, um, in my opinion, with good reason. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, those are the kind of crafty stuff I'm not. Okay. If, if we're talking about new stuff, yeah. I really don't do new outside of the commercial. Like, I. If I go to a bar and I see a blue moon on tap, I'm that's I, it. That's probably exactly what I'm gonna. Okay. Order. Because not everybody carries it, and I hate playing the guessing game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying I'm just like yeah. go with what I know. But I remember when the first time I saw Soul, and when it came out, I was like, oh, that looks cool. Okay. I tried that man. That joint's amazing. Yeah. Bro. Amazing. Amazing. Nice. So. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into this last one here. <clears throat> this is a Big Top Brewing Company's Hawaiian Lion. It's a toasted coconut and coffee porter. Whew. This American is going to be porter. hard for me. Because I don't like coconut and I don't like coffee. Really? Really. I, I got some coconut stories to tell you. So <laughs> with that, I'm glad you're still going to be the champ and push through this one. All right. This one comes in at a 7.5, uh, brewed here in Florida. Gotcha. And, um, oh boy. That's the 7.5 talking, I imagine. Oh, boy. Well, the coconut and coffee are real independent of each other. Like, I can smell coconut. I can smell the coffee. So, and those aren't terrible smells, right? Okay. I just don't like the taste of coconut and coffee. (laughs) See? And to have them in one joint, I'm just like, (laughs) my mouth is like, what are you doing? doing? This is not typical for us. But... Sending the receptions to the brain. But yeah, but at the same time, it's not terrible. I'm not going to say it's terrible. Oh, I just caught a whiff of that. Just with that passing breeze. Right. I just caught a... Yeah, 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 the coconut. Yeah, and and it's a real distinct smell. So, I'm not going to say I don't... I wouldn't... This wouldn't be my first beer choice. I'm always... I'm going back to this pool side. Yes. That's the the beer for me tonight. But that's an interesting combination of tastes and flavors for a a beer. Beer. Um, I've never seen that. Um, not that I wouldn't be looking for it either because I had a just you're not drawing the coconut I tried to do the coconut water thing it was so gross really I know people love it and I'm like yo I don't know how people are drinking this and coffee I will have coffee maybe like once or twice a year okay and that'll either be because I'm super tired uh, or I've gone to change the oil in my car and they had free coffee or some shit like okay. that so that might be the time I do it but yeah those two combinations are very different it's a smooth taste. Yeah. It's it's not sweet like you would think it would be. Um, it's if I can use the word robust. Yeah, I think that's fitting. Right. Most it's of the time, a, you'll see those in the description a, of beers. Right. Robust. It's a robust. It's it's very. Uh, it's I want to say bold too. Like that coffee. That coffee's making a stand. Makes a presence. It, right. It's, it's presence <laughs> is felt. It's definitely <laughs> felt. So. I, but I think the coconut gives you a. Uh, 
I guess, I don't want to say tropical feel, but it gives you a sense of like you're not drinking just straight up coffee, coffee. and beer. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? It kind of breaks all that up. So, yeah. That's not bad. If you enjoy the taste of coconut and or coffee, you'll like this. this that's your lane. That's yeah, your that's, lane. that's definitely your lane. You'll Check definitely enjoy whole, this. The Hawaiian Lion. Blues, you kind of got into it a little bit. Um, you kind of gave us your thoughts on your favorite and your least favorite. So, I'm going to have you just want, do it one time, make it official, Bruce Beats and Eat style, just one through four. All right. Um, starting from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, that's how We'll actually right. go with the Sunshine City. Okay. This is a super hoppy joint. Okay. IPA. Then we'll go with the Hawaiian Lion, because right. I don't really get down with coffee and coconut, but they did their thing. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to go with the number two, Stone Scorpion Bowl, which is the IPA that surprised me. Okay. Not as harsh, but kind of smooth. And then the winner is the number one top choice always right now. Never had a cloth style ale, but I will be looking for that. Excuse me, beer burp. It happens. Poolside, man, by J Dub. So shout out to them and their joint, man. I love it. Dope, dope. So we accomplished it and we actually did it poolside. You enjoyed the poolside. So there's nothing left to do on this end, but get over into the next segment where we talk music. Right. Old head ed, blues in the house. Yep. and eats this is still the podcast i'm old head ed blues is still with me and uh we've arrived at the beats portion of the podcast this is where i get to know yes we can get carried away yeah man we can get carried away but before we get carried away let's get to know what blues is listening to nowadays Whew. um that's a great question man because my musical palette is all over the place sometimes. Okay. Um, I'm I'm into this dude, Sir. His music is real dope. Okay. Buddy, his his music is extra dope. Um, my homeboy, Lute West, he out here making some noise with his. Of course, all the classic jams, Outkast, Goody Mob, and you know, that 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 era of hip hop. But um, I'm also I've also jumped back in my Nirvana bag. Okay. And, uh, Silver Sun pickups, just all kind of music, man. Uh, your boy Chris Stapleton, uh, country singer. His voice is amazing. Some of the stuff he's singing about is so crazy. Um, I everybody's like, yo, you don't listen to the baby. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I enjoy his grind, his hustle, but his music it doesn't really click off for me like that. Yeah. Um, his, now the joint he did intro is pretty dope, but for me, a lot of it sounds kind of the same, like it can be tied into the same song. Okay. Which is cool, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And the kids love it and they attach to it. And I don't ever knock anybody's hustle. If they're making noise sure. and then doing it, that's what they're doing it. And I understand he ain't mu- making music for me. So no, it ain't no. for it wasn't for me to say this is good or bad. It was just like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's not terrible music, it's just I just not not heavy into it but I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing definitely making his mark and putting a name on for the city so definitely um, I um, I had a ex- similar experience well, I haven't heard um, heard his stuff yet but um, when you're listening to you uh, explain that uh, your critique of it um, YBN Corday yeah um, a couple months back he dropped an album I was looking forward to it because I had heard I had heard um, freestyles and whatnot or verses from him where I was like, man, this kid for being you know for being a young dude, this kid, he's got skills. And I heard the album, and there was moments where I was like, okay, yeah, I could ride to this. Oh yeah, this this you know speaks to me in a sense. And I, I expected that not all of it was gonna speak to me. Right. Um, and then it, the album kind of took like this turn where it was like, yeah, I understand that. I'd say 65% of this album is not made, you know, with the intention of me being the listener. Right. Being, you know, a little bit further down in my years and whatnot. Right. So, so I understand what you're talking about, um, but definitely these, it's, it's funny because um, not too long ago I had a conversation with one of my homeboys and we were talking about what I call the, um, the Nelly theory, which is back then, um, you had to be really, really, really dope mm-hmm. to get on. Yeah. Now, regardless of what you put out once you made it, that's like 
without that withstanding, with you know holding that back, like you know you had to be at a certain level before you can do right. all well, you know, just the stuff to bring in the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason I call it the Nelly effect is because I think I shared this story on the podcast before. It's like I wasn't a big fan of Nelly. Um, fast forward, you know, a couple years into his, you know, run, um, he's on the the basement, I think it was, and he kicks a freestyle. And when I heard that, regardless of whether it was written or not, which I think it was written, but I was like, bro, that's the Nelly I would have looked forward to mm-hmm. listening to, like that what he just did right there. Yeah. So it kind of gave me this impression. It's like, yeah, um, back then these cats, even though I wasn't crazy with uh, you know about their music or I'm not a big fan, they they had skill. Right. Nowadays. So nowadays it's like that I, that doesn't apply. So when I come across someone like a YBN Corday and I uh, you know and I or even the um, the baby on um, the Dreamville stuff, yeah, like okay these cats could rap. So I'm starting to think that there's a resurgence in the fact that these yeah. cats are there not just because they had access to equipment and they could put some words together right. and it was easy to record out of the bedroom and not actually go out there take it to a stage and whatnot. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. <clears throat> So with that, I was like, I think that's starting to come back, and that that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, it, it, it gives the, the the young listening audience now, I guess, some some ground rules, or they can com- compare it to yeah what's out there. Yeah, I think that's important. Like, a lot. A, I believe that a lot of cast in the mid two thousands to late two thousands, they were considered great rappers because just competition was just not there. Right. So it was easy, and I ain't gonna mention names because I know people is. Big, big fans of the cast that I'm thinking of. Um, even even MCs that I respect, they really shout out some of these guys. And it's like, yeah, they were really dope because just the competition wasn't there. Right. They had nobody to go up against. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Man. So um, if you will allow me, I'm going to play a song for you. And then we'll come back on the other side and get your thoughts on it. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Bruce Beats and East, we're going to play this track real yeah. quick. Yes, sir. That was Toby Wigway off the originals. That was jocking. What did you think, Blues? Man, listen, Toby's been out here making noise for like the past year and a half or so. And that dude's flow is so stupid. You're not lying. It's it's flawless, incredible, incredible. His word connection and wordplay. Like, you got to rewind him a couple of times because of the way that he gets into it. Yes. And his rapid-fire spit be articulate as hell, mm. though. I'll be like, yo. So, but that joint right there, it was just, I think it was like a hard flex. And, yeah. you know, of course about topics, but again, just like ego. Like, this is how, this is how I can go at this game <laughs> yeah. and, and kill y'all at it. So, yeah. I love that dude because his... his his music is creative and has like a massive, massive energy, but the dude himself, he humbles himself a lot, man. And that's, I think that's such an amazing testament to a lot of artists who, who, who survive, like mm. who really kind of go on and really do some better and bigger things. And that dude's movement is so pure and organic and dope. The fact that he rap every time it slides is like, yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah. yo, that don't tell you everything you need to know about this dude. Like, he just out here for the music and the energy and the people. Yeah. He ain't concerned about what he got on and how he's wearing it. That's not where, that's not where the attraction comes from. Like, he's ah. not trying to draw you in. A lot of times, people use for years. People have used um, imagery, um, wardrobe, um, jewelry to draw you in. Right. Um, and that's because it, it kind of supplements yeah. their, their rap ability. But when you're just that tight, it don't matter. Let's go back to Outkast. <clears throat> Andre 3000 would rock wigs. Yeah. With these shag pants. Yeah. <clears throat> and you didn't give a damn because what this man said was, was so like, damn amazing. Yeah. yeah it, it, exactly. it didn't matter. It didn't matter to you. Exactly. Bro. A big fan of Outkast. Um, my Outkast story was my buddies was they was um, they was listening to Southern playlist of Cadillac Funk music, and at that time I didn't get it. I was really East Coast based, and I'm talking about like New York, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't get it. And then Get Up Get Out came, I heard it, and I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute, there's something something going on here. AT Aliens, 
that's where it took off. Right. That's where like I was ready to listen to it. Right. And still to this day, like one of the dopest albums. Matter of fact, uh, recently did, did you have you gotten involved with that ten albums ten day challenge? I've seen people do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my my last one was was Outkast AT Aliens. Yeah. And it was because I mean I try to do it as chronological as possible with albums that influenced me or impacted me, and. And it, it, it was a, it was a great place to stop, and then you start thinking about all the other place, all the other albums. But definitely, AT Aliens was the one. Yeah, which man. Outcast album you think stood out to you the most? I want to say Southern Playlist to Cat Like Funky Music okay. because that was the first one. Yeah. And that kind of introduced me to a lot of what was about to happen. But for me, I think because we used to ride around with that music in in my friend's car each other's car and just the music was just a statement mm. and a, a, a defining of culture uh, from the south that wasn't always articulated okay when people yes. said the south sometimes they thought of like uncle luke like you know yeah. that miami bass music which that's miami's i would say it's the south but it's not the south miami's yeah. miami like that's, yeah, a, that's a that's a that's a defining southern, by southern terms right it's, yeah. right it's such a different thing and but when that outcast dropped it was so hip-hop mm. it was so yeah. hip-hop that you couldn't understand it yeah. you yeah. knew it wasn't this other thing yeah. and it wasn't quite what you would think of wu-tang and all that other stuff was yeah. But it was definitely these dudes rapping and then organized noise just mm, yes. crushed it the with production. these beats. So it was soulful, no but had all these hard hip hop yeah. hits to it. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. So that for me was it too. Cause, and I, that one, ATLNs of course, and oh, Stankonia was great. The openers were, were so dope too, because they had the these weird openers with you know the woman singing yeah. or you uh, can't it was, be sure yeah it was a yeah, message yes like they opened they up with a you. message yeah, they were preparing you so and because they what they did opened up the door for so many other people in that in that in that clique with the dungeon family and a goody mob mm. and you know everybody else that just sort of came up underneath that that umbrella of music that album was the kickoff yeah. Because a lot of things that happened on that album happened in other people's albums, especially the work of the music. Yeah. Like Society of Soul has samples from the stuff that happened in the Outcast album. Because those producers also, it was also interworking. The yeah. collaborative effort was so blatant, but I don't think a lot of people got that. Yeah. Because if you didn't read the liner notes, you were just into the music. But if you look and you're like, yo, a lot of these dudes did a lot of this stuff, wrote this stuff, da 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 Credits across, yeah, credits yeah. crossover. It was a cross-pollination. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, and shout out to Future. I mean, I ain't heavy into his music, but he come up, he comes up out yes. of that. Yeah. He comes up out of that. And yeah. he is successful, I think, largely in part because of he came up out of that. Yeah. Like I he saw it firsthand. He's like, my music is so different from what they do, but because I learned mm. how to create and create my own, it's why I'm successful. Successful now. Makes sense. Right. Makes so that's sense. why I'm like, that whole that whole generation and, and everything, based off that one for me, based off that one album that that dropped out yeah. and everything else is damn history after that man for real for real you mentioned when you mentioned each one of the albums had a specific like the intro it was preparing you it was kind of had a, a thread between them with the, the sound um which reminds me of the roots albums right up until i want to say illadelph half-life mm -hmm. or maybe things fall apart where there was a poet at the end of each album ursula rucker okay yeah now it's dope like probably one of the earliest I mean, besides, you know, hearing um, uh, um, The Last Poets yeah, um, from, you know, my, my buddy put, would put together mixtapes and he would blend in The Last Poets in there mm. or Gil Scott Heron. And um, this was like the first time where I was like, oh, this is poetry. Like, this is poetry made for like my day and age right, back then. Right, right. Um, and I, I, it's a big prep, big uh, build up to just ask you, it's like, would it be outcast if they approached you? And said, hey, we want you to do a poem at the back. I would lose poem. my mind, yo. <laughs> I would lose my mind. I would lose my 
mine. And then after that, wouldn't be shit anybody else could tell me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm done. I'm retiring after this. They'd be like, but you got, nah. No, that's just asked me to be on the album, bro. I'm good on everything else. Um, I mean, because you, you have Big Rube who was on there, and I got a chance to meet that brother. Okay. He's dope. Like, but he's dropping that spoken word on there. And um, I actually, we talked about Ursula earlier. I did my hip hop haiku, and she was one of them. And she reached out. She's like, yo, thank you so much. I'm like, first of all, stop talking to me like you're a regular person. <laughs> yes, because that is saying? not the case. That is not the case. Don't do this to me. No. Make me freak out and tell everybody they can't talk to me no more because Ursula talked to me. But those those connections through poetry that tied so strong into hip-hop and not just like obscure hip-hop acts. We're talking Outkast, Goody Mob, The Roots, yeah. um, and, and other cats who have touched out. I think J. Cole had someone on is one of his records he yeah. did some both spoken word too so and most recently uh uh eve uh rhapsody's eve yeah it's got Raina biddy yeah and sonny patterson was on a um two chains record okay which was amazing like you think two chains and you're like all right yeah we know the extent of what this is but the what she did for his album and yeah. some of the stuff that was on his work I'm gonna have was to look great. that one up. I yeah. haven't heard that one. Um, I think Will the Real One did something Port of Port of Miami. I want to say it was for. Um, I know it wasn't for uh, Rick Ross. Um, what's your boy? Uh, the dude from down here. Yeah. Oh See, I don't even listen to my. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of underground um, hip-hop in Miami, but... Man, it's, it's, he's huge. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, uh, Ace Hood? Nah, nah, not no. Ace Hood. Um, um, Cuban dude. Um, oh, Pitbull? Pitbull. I okay. think it was on Pitbull's joint. Really? Yeah, okay. I got to check. But Will did, it was either for Pitbull or somebody else, but it was yeah. huge. Okay. Um, and the, the, the crazy thing is, like, there's so many opportunities like that if rappers want to do something different. Yeah. Um, which I, I think is awesome. Like, I mean, I had an opportunity... With Young Jeezy, I, okay. I met him. I wrote this whole thing. I met him, and he listened to it, and was like, he was cool with it. But you know, he didn't. He opted not to take it on the album, okay. which okay. happens a lot. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've learned like a yeah. lot of people write a lot of shit that don't make it. It gets close, but yeah. like, they don't make it. I'm like, all right, I don't feel so bad now. Yeah, um, yeah. A friend of mine told me he wrote three joints, and the people loved it. And it's like, nah, it didn't make really? the album. So. Um, so needless to say that there's still a well that we could take from there. Like there's there's not a, that that well doesn't run dry. So no. there's always the opportunity for young yeah. artists to go out there, reach out to those who do spoken word and support always. the spoken arts because it goes yeah. hand in hand. And it's and I'm, and it may not even be just supporting. It's like I just want my album to be different. Like mm -hmm. how do I make that different? Yeah. Um, I wrote something for De Niro's Ferrars um, gentrification joint. Okay. And funny thing is, it made rap genius. Wow. Um, and it's wow. weird to see yeah. my words on Rap Genius. I'm yes. like, this shit's crazy. Um, but yeah, he wanted to do something different and raw and real and whatever. I'm like, bro, I'm just a fan of what you're doing. Like, Dope. let's just do it. Let's just create stuff. Because I think people get the idea that poets are super revolutionary and da-da-da-da-da. Not all the time. Sometimes <laughs> we just want to create some dope shit and just yeah. let it be dope shit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It ain't got to be a message of a movement or anything no, like that. For real. Yeah, like for real. just want to do something funky and fresh and we I did something you. funky and fresh. I man. feel you. So with that, um I think the next funky and fresh thing to do is wrap this segment up. We already heard Blue's opinion on Outcast. Um he gave you his thoughts on uh Toby Wigway's jocking and um we accomplished everything we came to do in this section. So yep. let's get to the eats section. Let's do it. Bruce Beats and Eats. say eats we talk eats mm. blue still with me um this is the segment where i ask my guests mm, mm, blues mm, mm, mm. what's that dish bruh that's a hard question man um like <laughs> it's hard because i just love food man hey, you um, welcome to the club be, uh, being Party down here 
<laughs> Being down here, I think the the joint for me is always the, the Cubano. So okay, I always got to get one, um, and I don't just get one like from a store. I'll usually go to a restaurant okay. that's way out of my way because it's always the best the best joint. So between the Cubano, um, I'm a big fan of, of fish, fried okay. fish, baked fish. Any kind of fish dish that you can think of, I will probably eat. Um, and real simple, like fried chicken and spaghetti. Like, okay, yeah, my, my, my taste my taste palettes can be complicated, but at the end of the day, I'm What's a simple, simple eater. Please. Yeah, I'm yeah. a simple okay. eater, man. I'm a simple eater. Um, I don't say no to a whole lot of things. I'm, I'm willing to try most stuff, but I know what I want. You know what I'm saying, and, and when I want it. So yeah, when I'm definitely down here. It's it's always a Cuban man. It's I can't I can't think of a time where I wasn't down here and I didn't go get one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I'm back in Carolina though, like it's it's probably like fish and fried chicken. My wife makes an incredible like macaroni salad though. Really? Oh really? Yeah. She'll make a big bowl of it and I will probably eat sixty percent of it. Like, wow. Now, is, is it one of these macaroni salads that has the, the, all the textures, like that crunch? Yeah, and yeah. Then, okay. the, the relish, chopped up relish crunch. Nice. Uh, she'll put chicken in it sometimes, like Ooh. the chunked chicken. Ooh, it's, in a meal, nice it's a meal though. within itself. That's why Listen. you went through half the bowl. It's, like, it's a meal Listen, within itself. I just crush it, and I don't realize I'm crushing it till it's almost crushed. And then people show up to the house, and they're like, Ooh. Where's the rest of this? And I'll be like, I have no idea. She didn't make enough. <laughs> I don't know where the rest of it is. She did make enough. I could see Blue's kind of like organizing it yeah, in the center to, of the yeah, to make it look to make like a lot. Like it's, it's very micro, petite. She's trying some new shade. It's, it's fresh. But mm. yeah, man, so I, I love those. I love those joints. Like, I pretty much try to have fried chicken everywhere I go. I know it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I just, especially mm. when it's done right, then it's really good. So. Uh, Best fried chicken you've had in uh, North Carolina? Oh boy! I mean, besides the home cooked one, um, probably this place called Price's Chicken Coop. Okay. Um, it's an old restaurant. It's it's in the it's sitting in the middle of a gentrified South End right now. Oh. Uh. They still don't take cards, I don't think. Okay. And everything is open kitchen, so and it's there's no seating. You walk in. It's a counter, mm. and their sign says, don't be on your phone or we won't take your order. Makes sense. And you can see them frying everything, and I swear to God, I feel like they fry everything in the same grease. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's just good. It's good. <laughs> so good. Um, and it's just, a, they give you a little white box. Some chicken, or you want fish, round, uh, hash brown type joints. So, so that might be some of the best fried chicken I've had in the city. The highest quality. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That might be, and it's coming from a little chicken joint. So yeah, I think that it makes out. it even, even better. Yes. Yeah, yes. man. The other question I, I usually. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Before, do you cook yourself? Do you cook? Hey. Uh, <laughs> you don't starve, in other words. I don't starve. <laughs> right, right, right. If it has to get done, then I'll get in there and do it. Yeah. But you don't want me, unless it's a soup situation. Okay. <laughs> or spaghetti situation, yeah, yeah. you don't want me in the kitchen. Very little ways to mess that up. Right, yeah, I yeah. You, you can't you. you can't overboil water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I know people that have tried. Man, but, listen. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Alright, so the other one is um are you a big sweets guy? I I I used to be. I'm type two diabetic now. Okay, so. okay. I like to I like to try to indulge every once in a while, but it's just not healthy for me. But so that means that makes you real selective then. Hella selective. Okay, so that's so that puts you in a place where it's like if you're gonna get into something, it's gotta be cheesecake with uh, cherry with cherries and cherry cream sauce. Wow, that's yeah. it. And if we that's talk about regular cheese. cakes, it's a double chocolate cake. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, those are my two go-to's. Like if I'm gonna have to have something, that's what I try to have. But if I'm if I'm just slumming it, <laughs> then I will I will go, and this is hella slum. I will go to McDonald's and get the McDonald's Sunday with this. <laughs> this is, it's cheap. 
It's yeah. easy. You just gotta yeah. hope and pray that the ice cream machine is working. Yes. <laughs> Slumming it. Which down. that's always a gamble. Right, it's always, always a gamble, gamble, right? And you be ready for a Sunday and then be mm. like, ice mm. cream machine working. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I just want a little bit of ice cream Sunday. Yeah, but yeah man, so that was, that's my like my top three if you're talking about like sweets. But yeah. And a lot of places don't make a, a, a cheesecake with cherries in the cherry sauce. Yeah. They put strawberries. I'm like, that's mm. gross to me. Yeah. yeah. Now, definitely a difference when you got them cherries on there. Right. For sure. it's, it's so different in the side. Yeah. So, hey, I think, um, I don't know, if we go any further with this food in the condition that we're in, because I know you're hungry, I'm hungry, we discussed this beforehand, oh, yeah. it's just going to create a, a world of hurt for us. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much this is it man you 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 champion through we got to know blues he gave us his opinion on the brews we talked beats and uh we just talked eats so i think we've checked everything off if you want to hit them one more time with where they can find you where they can see your stuff go ahead and do that by all means of course you know it's your boy blues uh appreciate y'all tuning in checking out the brews beats and eats podcast catch me blues 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 on the instagram b-l-u-z 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 and Mr. Blues on the Twitter, if you're still rocking that. Um, and make sure you go check out my book, uh, Obscure Popularity. It's on all platforms. Just You can Google it up and, and buy it and enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Um, and you and, will. Yeah. I, I believe you will. I yeah. believe you will. So with that, uh, Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast, uh, thanks again to Blues for taking the time sitting down and talking it up with me. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. Um, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Bruce Beast, the letter N eats. Same goes for the Twitter, um, the Gmail. If you guys, I'd love to hear the feedback. Spotify, the same way. Make sure that when you, if you're listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and hit the follow button. It's believe it's in the upper right hand corner. With that, um, if you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Yeah. Tell, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Right, somebody something. wants to know. <laughs> and you make sure you let them know that it's on all streaming platforms. Again, once they get there, it's favorite comment subscribe rate follow whatever you got to do i'm old head ed this is bruce beats and eats we're signing out peace